Minda Hearts. Minda Hearts. The name of the book, You Are More Than Magic. Morning, Minda. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Sounds like we have a good connection. Okay, um, great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Believe me, I just uh, just was reading your book this morning and last night, and uh, it's fascinating. Um, let me get started. I'll do a proper intro, and we'll get going here. Okay. Okay, great. Minda Hartz is the author of You Are More Than Magic, and that's, it's an interesting book, The Black and Brown Girl's Guide to Finding Your Voice. And Minda is, well, she's written other books. You've got the, uh, I got these are long titles, <laughs> The Memo, <laughs> What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table, and Right Within, how, um, let's see, I can't read my own writing here, but how you you tell me amanda what's that first book you wrote right within <laughs> so so the memo came first that you just said and then right, right within how to heal from racial trauma in the workplace okay and i know you do a podcast called secure the seat so you're yes. doing you're keeping very busy we're talking about you're more than magic now this is a guide for teens for women of color young women of color um, what made you want to do this? Obviously, your own personal experience is cited in the book, but you felt this was important, obviously. I definitely did, Steve. I wrote two books that for adult women of color in the workplace and their managers, and I really thought about what did I need to hear at 14, 15, 16 as a young Black girl in a small, rural, you know, predominantly white town that could help me show up in ways that I need to and see myself uh, as worthy, uh, even at a young age. And so I wanted to go back and serve as the big sister to a lot of our next group of leaders. And that's, and you know, and you make the point that you went from, I think, California to Illinois. And initially, how old were you when you made that move? I was 12. Okay. So you, you had kind of grown up as a young, a very young youngster in California. You were happy there. It was I think you were talking about diversity, you know, people of all, all races and creeds were there. And then you went to Illinois and you didn't specify where in Illinois. Why is that? Uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to keep a little anonymity, but it's uh, two hours outside of Chicago West. <laughs> well, we're about two and a half hours outside of Chicago here in Peoria. Uh, would we know this town or you don't want to tell us? Ye I, you wouldn't know this town. You wouldn't. And, you know, it's funny. I went to college at undergrad at Western Illinois, so I'm very familiar yep. with Macaulay. Peoria. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I can I can understand, you know, there, there's so many communities. I mean, Peoria, as you know, probably has a large African-American population. Uh, and yet when you go outside Peoria and the towns surrounding it, they're predominantly white. And, you know, and that's probably not uncommon. Uh, across the country, but but that's been the situation, and I think uh, you know one one can can imagine it from reading your book. Now, self advocacy is is I guess the focus here uh, of your book. You know, kind of giving young women um, and w young women of color specifically uh, the kind of okay, 
you're going to have to work a little harder. Is that, is that, was that a thought or, or how, how would you put it? Well, I would say that the, the narrative is that we have to work 10 times harder, right? To get half as much. That's what many of us have been told, but I don't subscribe to that anymore. I think that if we have self-advocacy and we have certain tools that we can work smarter, right? I don't think we have to necessarily ingrain that in their head that they're already going to get half as much. But I think if we instill self-advocacy, what can you control in this situation? How can you create boundaries? And how can you see yourself regardless of how others might see you? And I think that's really key regardless of what environment you're in. If you know that you're worthy and you belong in those rooms, then there's nothing that you can't do. And I think the message is so strong because it's it's really proposing speak up if you feel you know there, there's a there's an issue and 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 you make it a point to say make sure about that issue you know don't ask your parents ask somebody else a friend or something uh, take counsel but then if you feel you know after all that that hey you you have a a, a bone to pick with a teacher or coach or something then then you you move ahead right. Exactly. And we can all have, we can give ourselves permission to let people know what good looks like to us because, you know, I went through a good portion of my adult career in corporate America, always kind of walking on eggshells, Steve. And I'm like, you know what, I could actually have a conversation with some of my colleagues and I want our young girls to be able to have those conversations with their parents or their coaches or their guardians. So they don't feel like their voices are being silenced at such a young age. You've got lots of great lines in this book. And we're talking with Minda Hart's author, of you are more than magic. Uh, we could pronounce that different ways. You are more than magic, <laughs> but we will get into that later. Let, let the, uh, the actors do that one or the actresses. Um, but we can't control anything beyond ourselves is, is a good line because I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, you can't worry about just about everything because you can't control it. You can't. And I used to drive myself, you know, up and down the wall, Steve, as a as a teenager, because you already as a teen, it's already hard. Right. And then you you layer class, race, gender, all of the different things. And you're just like, ah, oh, it's a perpetual dumpster fire. And so think about what you can control, how you can show up for yourself. And that'll make the experience so much more richer. And the, the uh, I'm, I'm looking for the line because I wrote it down here because I thought, oh, yeah, I got I got to bring this up with Minda. But it was like um mad but don't what, what's the line it's it's oh say what you say mean what without you, saying it mean <laughs> say what you mean without saying it mean thank you and i think that's so true uh and and you know where that really applies and, and obviously it applies in your case where, where you're talking to people uh pro promoting advocacy self-advocacy but on the internet when people mm -hmm. want to make a comment you know, say what you mean without saying it mean. I mean, I think you we're all open to suggestion, but you don't always have to do it like a slam. Anyway, that's an aside in my part that, that uh, we've all seen that too much. The imposter syndrome. Explain that to our to our listeners, if you would. Yeah, you know, the the feelings that we tell ourselves that we don't belong, all the negative things. Oh, you know, I'm not cute enough, or, you know, I don't have enough money or any of the things that would try to like gaslight ourselves into thinking that we don't deserve the opportunities that we're getting any of those negative thoughts. And I want to dismantle them. You know, we can't, again, we can only control what we think about ourselves. If somebody else thinks of us or has biases, we don't have to adopt that same mentality that if someone says no to me, it doesn't dictate my worth. 
right? I belong in every space that I enter, but maybe there's some spaces that don't deserve to have me. And I think if we start to see ourselves as the asset, then we don't have time to be dealing with those negative thoughts of imposter syndrome and belonging. But I think it's really a mindset shift, Steve, that I had to do as a teenager to say, you know what? Yes, I might be the only black woman, you know, girl in my classrooms or on the playground, but that doesn't mean that I don't deserve happiness, dignity, and respect, just like my, you know, my classmates. And so I think if we get those tools in our girls' hands early on, then they'll show up in the workplace um, even more confident and ready to take whatever comes their way. Talking to Minda Hartz, who's written a uh, kind of a guidebook, you might say, for, for teens, uh, teens of color, uh, to, you know, just to how to operate in, in, in the world. And I think it's, it's, it's very encouraging because you really support parents. You support, you support the school. I mean, it's, you know, it's really a matter of kind of moving everything together. But if you would, can you um, describe a, a sort of a, an episode you have in your book about where you went to, you were going to a dance and um, you had to go to a restaurant, but you got, you had to wait an hour you know, give us that story, because I think that was, was that your kind of kickoff or how would you describe that with your, your self-advocacy uh, idea there? Yeah, well, you know, I think that was where I found my voice, right? So we all have a voice, Steve. We just have to decide when we want to use it. And I had been advocating at my house, you know, as teenagers, we're asking to stay out later, to watch the show, to talk on the phone, all the things. And I didn't realize I was already self-advocating back then. I just didn't have the words for it. But on this particular day, I was going to homecoming or prom with my date. And we got to the restaurant and our food had come out cold. We'd already waited for an hour. And then they brought the bill expecting us to pay. And I'm like, you know what? I, I work a minimum out. Uh, you know, I work at the Dairy Queen, my date. I think he worked, you know, at McDonald's, something like that. And um, I said, you know what? We're not paying for this or we need a new... Um, a new meal uh, because we worked too hard. And I talked to the waitress and then she brought over the manager and I stood firm shaking in my firmness because I'm like, wait a second, my money matters. I matter. <laughs> Our experience matters. And we ended up not having to pay for that meal. Um, and my date was surprised. I was surprised, but it's where I said, Oh, I do have a voice and I don't have to wait to use it till I'm an, an adult. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that because I think most of us can put ourselves in that position of, do, should I say something or how, how mm -hmm. strident should I be? And, and of course, the book, You Are More Than Magic, kind of helps people go through that whole process. Um, you say, make sure you're advocating something that matters to you. In other words, don't just take on every cause around the block or, you know, mm -hmm. grabbing anything that you think is, is well, I'm going to say about this. You, you have to do a little sort of self-analysis here, right? Absolutely. Because I think as teens, we take on sometimes our friends' problems and issues and all these different things. And it's like, okay, are you advocating because this is important to you or because you want people to invite you to the party next week? Like getting really clear on what your self-advocacy is and why you're advocating and what you're asking for. Get clear on that so that that'll make a stronger case for support. And you might decide that this isn't something that you want to stick your neck out there for. Talking with Minda Hartz. And Minda, uh, you know, the somebody might who comes, you know, comes into this uh, listening to this podcast or, or conversation would say, OK, well, you know, what, what, where is the, the bottom line here? And, and the bottom line, I think, is right at the very front of your book where you talk about the gap that we have in leadership among women, women of color, 
people from different backgrounds, uh, they're not running all the companies that they should be or, or in charge or on the boards or whatever the, uh, the leadership positions are. And this, this is the guidebook to help folks get there. Absolutely. I, I often think I wrote this book because it's something that I wish I would have had at, you know, 15, 16. And yes, things did work out for me later down the line, Steve. But think about had I had this in my toolkit being told these things that how much more dynamic I could have been much earlier in my career. And the the uh, the one thing that I think is, you know, and it's really kind of interesting is it's when you do speak up, when you do kind of defend yourself or, you know, to say, I, I, I don't agree or hey, well, why don't you look at it this way? However you phrase it. But once you do that, uh, it becomes a little easier the next time. Yes. Uh, there's a saying that I, I often use. It says courage is fear that said its prayers. So the more we <laughs> lean into that courage, <laughs> the easier it becomes. <laughs> and, and, you know, I hear more about courage these days. I think we're, we're looking at, you know, a country under attack uh, you know, in the world today. And, you know, courage is, 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 is no, is no joke. I mean, courage to have courage. Sometimes people think, Oh yeah, you know, that's a, that's a line in a, in a poem or, or a song, but no, it's, it's a very real thing. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's important to talk about it. Absolutely. I mean, one definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. And we all are met with that. We could either lean into our courage or lean into our caution, and so many more so many more people benefit when we're courageous. You know, you make a reference here, and I, I par pardon me if I bring this up, and you, you're not prepared for this, but uh, you said you learned something um, from Craig Ferguson, the guy that used to be on late night TV, and I thought, you know, I enjoy that guy. Where, so, where is Craig Ferguson now? Do you know? I don't know where he is, but <laughs> but I use that. <laughs> that phrase of should but I Craig be saying was, this or should somebody else be Craig, saying we're talking this? <laughs> about you anyway. Good to know that. Well, he wasn't on TV that long ago because you know I'm I'm an old guy, so sometimes time is is like uh, very very relative. You know, it's like yeah, I used to be on TV. Well, yeah, twelve years ago or whatever it was. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, out. he may even still be on TV, but it, yes, he did have a late night show that I would sometimes watch. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. his voice. Oh, anyway, we're getting off on the wrong subject here. Uh, one of the things you point out. And I think it's a good one. And this is probably true in sports or everything. You know, timing is key. In other words, mm -hmm. do you bring something up right at the moment or do you wait a little bit? You talk to somebody, you get your kind of thoughts down and then you bring it up. And that's that's a good point in your book. Yeah, thank you. I think as teens, I mean, even let's be honest, as adults, it's hard to have difficult conversations. But definitely when you're a teenager, because you're always met with, you know, don't act too grown or, you know, be seen and not heard. You're getting all these different mixed signals. And so I want our teens to be able to feel like they have safe places to land and have conversations with adults or friends. Uh, again, say what you mean without saying it mean, but also knowing that if this is something really big, like if you know your parent or guardian had like a really hard day at work and right when they walk through the door, you may not want to bring that up. You know, think about the timing and what what you're hoping to accomplish in that moment. Um, sometimes we just have that angst of wanting to get it out. And it's like, OK, maybe if you wait two hours, you can get a different kind of reaction and just thinking those things through. That's a very good point. Yeah. Pick, choose your moments, folks, because uh, <laughs> that, that can make all the difference in the world. Well, Minda, what's your next project? Because uh, obviously you're on a roll here. You're, you've got some some great, uh, you know, great lessons here for us. What, what What's your next project? 
Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. So, you know, I'm, I just had a, my Right Within book just came out a couple months ago. So right now it's just spreading the gospel of inclusion. <laughs> that's well, that's a great now. gospel. Well, we thank you for your help and uh, we will be, uh, you know, tuning in. And again, if you want to hear more from Minda, she's got a weekly podcast, Secure the Seat. And uh, we wish you the best, Minda. And thank you again for your time today. Thank you. Take care.